This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema. And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest, the podcast which brings you reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema and instead went straight to Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming media. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me tonight are Richard Hawes. Hello, everybody. And Stephen Lockeridge. Hello. Eventually, there he is. And tonight we're going to kick off with Seize, the latest Scott Atkins movie. And we're going to move on to uh, Knuckle Dust. That is a film all of us are looking forward to talking about. Uh, our short shot this week is a film called Bad Hit. And we're going to round off with a bit of Roddy Piper in Sci Fighters in our DTV throwback. So without any further ado, let's crack on. Our first review then is Seized. Uh, Scott Atkins plays Nero, a former Special Forces agent, now trying to raise his teenage son in Mexico following the death of his wife. However, his past catches up to him when his son is kidnapped and he is forced to assassinate the heads of rival drug cartels to have any chance of being reuni reunited with him. Uh, so, latest film from Scott Atkins and um, collaborating with... Um, Isaac, Isaac Florentine. Yes, Isaac Florentine, um, the man behind the undisputed sequels, um, someone we um, admire very much here on the DTV Digest. Uh, Rich, I'm going to kick this straight over to you. Is this a strong return for Mr. Florentine? Unfortunately, not. Uh, you know, we got a lot. We've got a lot to be thankful for for Florentino. He he made Scott Atkins. He you know he discovered him, put him front of center, gave him some fantastic roles, uh, and really established his career. Uh, but I feel that the kind of movies that Florentine makes, Atkins has moved beyond. So if we look at the look at the work with Jesse Johnson, you know the the uh, the Avengement being the you know the pinnacle so far of of their collaborations the kind of depth that you have in, in, in that movie and, you know, the, the complexity of it. Whereas this is so meat and potatoes, it's, uh, it's, it's disappointing really. Cause uh, there's not really, you get, you get the action from Adkins as you would expect, you know, uh, he's working with Art Camacho uh, the, for the, uh, coordinating the fights on this one. And that's, that's where the strength lies. It's in those, in, in those action beats, uh, you know, that, that's not disappointing. The, but the story, you know, the visual dimension, the cinematography, and that, you know, when you compare it to something like Legacy of Lies, which w was only, you know, a couple of months ago, two or three months ago, mm. which is also a, he's got a child who gets kidnapped and now he's got to get him back and he's a, you know, retired agent or whatever, you know, same kind of plot, you know, the kind of thing Steven Seagal would have been doing, you know, back in the day, you know, the, this kind of story. And, that was such a visually arresting film. The, the plot had some, you know, some issues or whatever, but it was interesting. There was a lot going on in it. This one is very basic. That's, that's my criticism. And yeah, I'm a bit like close range a few years ago, I just thought it didn't deliver what I wanted. And I know that Florentine can do more interesting films uh, as uh, Acts of Vengeance with Antonio Banderas proved. Yeah. That kind of took him to, that I felt took him to a new level because that had a bit more um, going on in it. But uh, yeah, so quite disappointed myself. How about you, Steve? Uh, I think I enjoyed it more than Rich, to be fair. It, yeah, like I said, meat potatoes. It's 
does what it says in the tin. Um, maybe there wasn't too much of a flourish, but I enjoyed Scott Atkins. I, I enjoyed Mario Van Peebles. I thought he was very good. Um, was he supposed to be Mexican or not? Because his accent kept changing. <laughs> well, yeah, but I just... It was fun, you know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't an overthinker, it was just straight on and straight into the story. You got like two minutes set up at the beginning and bang, you're in. And it was what I expected. I didn't expect anything more or less or enjoyed the choreography. Um yeah, it was a bit of a basic plot, but <clears throat> no, it was fun. That's it, it just yeah, fun. nothing. It's not going to change the world or anything like that, but and there's a slight twist at the end, which I thought was quite good. And yeah, I want it. <laughs> like I said, it, it, it does a it's, it's a one seal film to me. It does yeah. exactly what it says on the tin, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, this this kind of felt for me like um, uh, when Schwarzenegger did Raw Deal. You know, quite early in his career, um, he, he did Raw mm. Deal, and it, it kind of feels like that. It feels like something that Scott should have been doing ten years ago, almost. You know, um, or even yeah. five years ago. Um, I, I, as you say, Rich, I, th- I think you know the, the work he's done with uh, Jesse Johnson um, is sort of really elevated um, and really sort of showcased what what Scott can do on screen. Um, this is a lot more talky than some of you know his previous roles with uh, with Isaac Florentine, that's for sure. Um, and and it, is, it does feel a lot lighter and, and a lot breezier than than um, Legacy of Lies. You know, it, it is a much easier watch. You don't have to think to any, about anything. You know, who, who's betraying who or anything like that. It's it's, it's what you see on the screen. Um, yeah, there's no complexity. There's no yeah. complexity to, to it. Uh, I thought, yeah, I, I thought it was a fun little film. Um, it, it's it's reasonably forgettable, though. It's it's not going to be, you know, remembered sort of within Scott's top ten. It's it's going to be sort of more along along the lines of sort of Hard Target to you know, one of those sort of films. But I, I did enjoy it a lot. I, I, you know, it had more sort of um, hand-to-hand combat stuff, you know, martial arts stuff than I was expecting. I was expecting sort of more gunplay, but I thought thought that all worked really well you know um i, I did like he, he did have a bit of a ruthless streak to him you know um he wasn't pussing mm. around with this uh i thought that worked really well uh and he kept his british accent as well which yeah was, which is good yeah. which is something that wouldn't have happened in the early days of Perfect. with them um, well yeah. apart from special forces with, with um florentine which i yeah. think he, he 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 was able to be an sas soldier yeah. or something in that I think I think it's funny as well. I was I was just sort of looking, you know, through the synopsis for this, and and how, how many times is it going to be a former this or former that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it is it is one of the big cliches of the DCV genre, you know, the action genre. It's like you know these guys are never sort of um, active uh, members of you know any particular agency or special forces it's always like they're being dragged back in or the cut or their passes um you know catching up with them that sort of thing it's 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 um, it's one of those sort of um quieter sort of um sort of genre cliches i think mm-hmm. um yeah perform you know the performance is great uh for um the action was really spot on uh it was, it was really good actually to, to see um aaron gasso 
um, as the online instructor, when his son sort of logs onto YouTube and trying to learn a few strikes and stuff, um, the guy called Aaron Gassel is also known as the um, the, the Ginger Ninjas Trickster. <laughs> um, and, and he's got some brilliant YouTube videos. Uh, he's worked with that Scott, you know, he's done some training stuff with Scott before as well. But he's, he's got um, loads of YouTube stuff, you know, he, he does some amazing flying kicks and spins and all, all sorts. Um, yeah, he, he's done loads of stunt work as well. But um, yeah, it was, it was good to sort of see him on screen for a little bit, which is really cool. Yeah, just a thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable film, but also pretty forgettable. It doesn't do anything wrong at all, I don't think. You know, um, it's, it's not a film you're going to nitpick, but it's going to leave you wanting something more, I think. So the story involves him being forced to become uh, an assassin, essentially, to in order because of uh, at, because his uh, son is being held ransom for him to do it so he's, he's running around doing these missions basically it's a bit of a grand theft order kind of sort of set up now I, that immediately made me think of an of a, a 1997 daniel bernhardt film called true vengeance you ever seen that one i haven't seen that no it's worth checking out it's got some quite cool i mean it's very low budget but they've clearly been like john woo influenced in some of the action scenes. so daniel bernhardt's walking around in this long black coat and stuff and doing his missions and but the, the one thing that always bugged me about that is that he, he seemed to carry out the mission because he had, in that film he had to assassinate someone. He did it way too easily, like without really being conflicted. And uh, in this one, they sort of go and say, well, you know, these are all bad people. So he goes, all right, all right then, I'm not going to feel too bad about it, basically. Yeah. And he just kills everyone. But I thought that was, I thought that was, um, that was quite true. But this is much more going in, in the sort of John Wick kind of vein. I think John Wick and Taken are probably the two key influences in this it just happens to be similar in concept to that um that movie a couple you know these are all well-worn concepts and stuff but um that just made me think of that and i thought you know um it's, if you do if you can come across it true vengeance is worth a look i, I wouldn't say it was better than this uh, it's certainly got quite a good cast and miles o'keefe and all that sort of stuff but um one of the things yeah um, one of the things i was quite happy with is the fact they didn't overplay this sort of first person shooter sort of angle you know, um, he's, he's made to wear this bulletproof vest, which has got like a body cam on it. Um, but they don't sort of show loads of footage of like, you know, from, from that perspective. Yeah, a there's a bit, there's a, a bit. Tiny bit. But hopefully they looked at it, you know, they looked at the footage and went, oh my God, that's shit. <laughs> we can't base the film around that. And so it just went the sort of more conventional route, which I thought was good. There's um, not as much as there is in jujitsu, that's for sure. Yeah, but at least that was yeah. shot well. You know, that, 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 was, that was actually done really well. I don't really like that. I know you're not really a fan of the first person I'm kind not, of no, thing not, either. Not, no. not usually, but what I liked about that bit, particular bit is that you, you know you're playing um i've forgotten the actor's name now um sort of the guy from uh, kickboxer alan moosey alan moosey you, you, you're sort of like in alan moosey's shoes as it were but the action is still following um fucking jar what's his name? jesus christ yeah. too much beer um <laughs> <laughs> what's his name Tony jar Tony Jar, Jesus, right? Yes. So as I was saying, Alan, yeah, you're in Alan Moosey's shoes, um, but the action is still following um, Tony Jar. So you're in the middle of the fight, but you know it, it's it's following sort of Tony Jar more than it is Alan Moosey. You know, it's as if you're actually there in the fight watching Tony Jar kick ass. It, it, so, so I think that's that's the um, 
uh, what makes it work. I just want to mention uh, there's a there's a supporting so uh, Mario Van Peebles has got his sort of group of people sitting around watching the video a bit like um money plane or whatever that we watched oh, yeah. ages ago it's the, whole, it's, the, <laughs> it's the whole kind of broadcasting you know it's like as old as the hills you know the the, the broadcasting fights or action or, or following a killer around or blah 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 um, but there's this guy he's lingering around like throughout the whole movie uh, james p bennett he's a, an irish guy uh, most famous for making a film called fatal deviation in 1998 which was like a micro budget martial arts action film from Ireland, it was like the first Irish uh, action film of its kind, um, and he's sort of lingering around. They keep lingering on him, and you keep thinking there's going to be a showdown. Yeah, yeah. He's going to he's going to come forward, and he's going to fight Atkins, and it never happens. So I was really disappointed by that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. It does sort of keep emphasizing his presence. You know, yeah, yeah. I think wasn't he meant to be sort of Mario Van Peebles sort of like bodyguard? Yeah, he, he seems yeah. that they were definitely set. He was definitely set up as that kind of heavy, yeah, yeah. you know, in the room yeah. kind of thing. And, and he's, you know, he's an impressive looking guy. You know, he's, he's done quite a few action films now with like, um, in like smaller roles. He, he did one yeah. with Steven Seagal and he's turned up in Alan Lucy, funnily enough, for uh, Kickboxer Retaliation and different things. But yeah, I thought this was, oh, it's building to something. And then it was like, oh, no. And then. No, so the, the ending and stuff's quite interesting on the movie. It doesn't quite go where you expect. And uh, I'd yeah. say it is, it's entertaining, it's watchable. It's just, uh, I ha I'm, I'm, I'm marking it down because I know these guys can do so much better. It, it's it's like, you know, so the last time you turned to the restaurant, you had like a millionaire's shortcake ice cream and then you turn up this time and it's vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, based on that, so how are you going to score it, Rich? I'm going to have to go a six on this one. Jesus. Okay. Um, Steve? Um, I'll, I'll go seven. Yeah, I'm going to join you on a seven. Um, I enjoyed it. I can I can see this being in my collection of Steven's, um, Steven Seagal films. I can see this being in my collection of um, Scott Atkins films for sure. Mike's had a few drinks, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike is on his um, first Taurus after a bottle of wine. <laughs> Before we finish on this, I just want to say, if, if you want to watch a film in which Scott Atkins, uh, you know, fights his way through Mexico and you haven't seen El Gringo, definitely do. Because El Gringo, it's, it's not perfect, but, you know, not, not, never is this, but it's a very slick, very stylish yeah. uh, movie. It's got Christian Slater in a supporting role and stuff. It's well worth checking out. Yeah, um, action, in fact, if you haven't seen them, watch both of them. Make a, make a decent double bit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the action in that particular one is heightened. It's a very, very heightened sort of action. Yeah, definitely. It's more um, Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so two sevens and a six for Seized. Our next review is Knuckle Dust. When the police receive a tip-off of a massacre at the notorious Knuckle Dust Underground Club, they only find one person left alive, Brody, a.k.a. Hard Eight, who has turned on his erstwhile boss, the elusive Serena. Okay. Um, I must admit, guys, when I received the screener for this, um, read the title, and kind of looked at the, you know, the, um, the DVD cover and shit, I had no idea. Well, I, I, I had a, a sort of built-in assumption of what I was about to watch. And what I watched had nothing to do with it. You know, originally I was thinking this should have been done on our martial arts episode um, a couple of weeks ago, you know. 
Um, I thought it was going to be another sort of MMA sort of bust up kind of thing. And instead, what we get is this attempt at marrying um, the narrative structure of the usual suspects with the visual style of Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill. Um, set in um, a British club somewhere. Uh, I wasn't sure where the location was exactly. Um, we get some, one of my, we get one of my pet peeves. Character names. Sorry. Character intertitle names. Exactly. <laughs> one of my pet peeves. You know, this is a film, not a bloody PowerPoint presentation. You know, you don't need to label everyone as going in. We don't need to know everyone's bloody name going into the film. Anyway, um, I'm, I'm going to throw it over. I, I've got more to say on this, but I'm bursting to know what you guys think of it. So I'm going to give it to Steve to begin with. Um, absolute batshit crazy. Um, there's no through line. There's that many different tonal shifts. You don't know where you're up to. I still don't really know what the whole point of the film was, even though I've seen the ending. And every single scene was shot in a different colour. If you're epileptic, do not watch this film because you will end up having a fit. There's that many different colours in each different bleeding scene. And I thought the, the acting was terrible from more or less the whole cast. I mean, I like Jamie Winston normally, and oh, she was getting right on my tits. And even Kate Dickey, I love Kate Dickey. She was great in Game of Thrones, other things I've seen her in. In mm. this, terrible. Everyone. It was, it's the most bizarre thing I've seen in a long while, and it, not in a good way. Yep, I understand completely where you're coming from. Uh, Rich, over to you. Uh, well, I just I watched this back to back with Seized, and I'm glad I watched it this way around because everything I felt was lacking in Seized in terms of you know style and flair was overcompensated for by this film because this is just style 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 for the whole time and I was having a lot of fun with it. Uh, the it's as you say, um, I, I, you 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 uh, Mike, you cited a couple of influences there that you said it's trying to match this and this. Mm. Um, what did you say it was? You felt Usual it was suspects meets Yeah. And so what yeah. I was thinking was smoking aces meets Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Because I mean, because yeah. all the car all the colourful characters and the set, you know, the setup sort of seemed very smoking aces, especially the sort of investigation kind of bit going on as well. Uh, but it does that thing of like you say, you you think it's gonna be a fight movie and it does a it does a setup and then it sort of um it does the old uh, Indiana Jones, you know. Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight you. I'm just gonna shoot you, kind of thing. And it just ends uh, that bit, and then things shift, and it changes, and then it jump, and then it jumps forward, and then I got a bit lost, and then yeah. oh yeah, it starts doing the flashback thing, and turns into a different sort of sort of setup. So I think the first part of it was great, and I was really absorbed. I, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with the acting. I love the characters. I love the cartoon, comic book kind of aesthetic that they were going for i thought it was very successful I thought it was really interesting i think they got a bit like smoking aces really they got a bit uh misguided not misguided a bit lost with the plotting the overly convoluted 
you know, resolution, uh, especially this. I was just like, why does that need to be, a, you know, they introduce this twist and then that's and then that's twisted and then something else is twisted. And, and by the end, yeah. you, you're just completely spun out. You don't really know where you, where you stand. Uh, it's got some good, great music. There's a really stylish corridor fight scene. Uh, which is like they really narrow the screen to sort of um, put put the black bars yeah, in. But some... Again, though, it's, they're just trying to rip off Old Boy. You know yeah. What I mean? Oh, it's it, it's it's a copy of lots of things. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't think there's an original idea in it. I think you're right. And, and it's, it's interesting you mentioned smoking aces there, Rich, is one of its sort of touchstones because I fucking hated smoking aces. Oh, I like smoking aces. No, I really hated it. The only good Joe Carnahan movie is the Eighteen. So come at me. Nah, um, nah. <laughs> you haven't seen Narc then? Yeah, no. that was great. No, I haven't seen Narc. Um, anyway, but yeah, I, the thing is, I, I wasn't enjoying this at all. The first half, um, apart from like one line I thought was very funny, um, was when the cop, was it, is it McCready, I think? Sort of, yeah. in, he goes to his boss and goes, can, I, can, I, can we play sort of, I want to take this guy in and we're going to do but good cop, bad cop. And he goes, oh, am I a bad cop? He goes, yeah, you're a really bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. Um, but that guy, Hooper, was, you know, was it Hooper or Cooper? Um, his sort of over-the-top sort of like weenie performance that was driving me around the twist. You know, <laughs> the, the humor when he's, in it. When he's trying to hack that database. Yeah. All that sort of bollocks. It was... Um, yeah. It was really, really trying. It really was. I was, it was getting on my tits, um, you know. Because, mm. and and then, the, then when that animated sequence kicks in, you know, and I thought, oh, for God's sake, you know, you're not even trying to pretend to be something else, you know. You, 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 it's not so much the wearing their influences on their sleeve; they're wearing them around their neck, you know. It's absolutely ridiculous. But, but, however, there comes a point in this film. And it is when McCready discovers the extra floor in the um, in the nightclub, when it, when he suddenly realises it's taking like twice as long to go from one floor to the other. Mm. At that point, the film started to turn me around a bit, because all of a sudden things started to fall in place. You know, it, it was twist after twist after twist, but it was all starting to sort of congeal into into something actually worth watching. Um, and, and by the end of it, you know, you kind of realise that they've sort of built this sort of plot twist right under your nose without you sort of noticing it happening, which I thought was actually quite clever. Um, yeah, but, but yeah. they've built it under your nose, but it, does, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, me, thing is, it, the, film need, I mean. The, yeah, the film needs, it, it does warrant a second watch, I think. You know, just sort of like go, well, okay, well, look, this is what I think you're getting at. You know, sh show me you're working out, basically. <laughs> you've, you've sort of jumped to the conclusion, you know, but now I want to sort of see the working out. And if there's no clues in the film, if, if, if you've hidden that from the audience, then you've basically just cheated. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so so I'm, I'm sort of on the fence as to whether or not it actually works or not. Best actor in this film, by the way, is the, is the deaf mute guy. Oh, yeah, that, great, yeah. Yeah, that was, was yeah. Guillermo Delaney, I think, is yeah. Tombstone. 
Tombstone, yeah. exactly. Yeah, he 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 wiped the floor with everyone, and I did I did like that sort of sign language scene with with um, 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 Brody in the lift. I thought that was really good. And, and you know me, I, I love a, a good fight in the lift. Fight in the lift, yeah. I thought you might like that one. Yeah, I knew, I knew that. <laughs> that's a sort of things I do enjoy. <laughs> um, I, I did enjoy the soundtrack as well, um, but I just yeah, the soundtrack's good. Yeah. I just did, you know, I just wasn't on board with all these sort of stupid, bloody, jolly pirate name characters uh, with their names sort of emblazoned and everything. I thought, we don't need this. We don't. It, it, you know, there are better narrative ways. You're dead in 10 fucking minutes. Sorry, mate? You're all dead in 10 fucking minutes. Well, exactly. Yeah, really yeah there's all that sort of shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's smoking aces all over again, isn't it? But, um, so a, a little quiz uh, question for you. Who was the uh, guardian of the club who was dressed was as the priest? David Charles. David Charles. <laughs> it was indeed. <laughs> he, t- he keeps turning up in all the films we're watching. <laughs> yeah. no, it's good on him. Yeah. So, okay. Um, scores on the doors. I'm, I'm going to give this one a six out of ten. Uh, Rich? I'm going to go... I, I, I don't care that it's derivative. I, I just thought there was so much, you know, so much going on in it, so much that's interesting. I love the visual style. That's very important to me. Uh, and uh, Some really nicely shot, again, it doesn't matter the, their derivative fight scenes. And that, so I love the Corridor one. There was one in, there's another film called Girl with the Naked, Girl from the Naked Eye, yeah, um, which, is, which is, which is another quite derivative stylish film with yeah. a corridor fight scene like, like that, that world that worth really checking out. really does rip off the, um, the old boy. Old boy, scene, yeah. But, but yeah, it's um, a great little film. That one, yeah. So I'm going to go eight on this one. Wow. Okay, Steve. Mm-hmm. I can't hear you, mate. You're, you're mumbling. You're, you're muffled. Sorry, I'm going to go a four. A four? Four! Yeah, on, yeah honestly. I'm, right. I didn't, didn't gel me at all. This okay, my, mileage will vary on this one, guys. So we're going from a four <laughs> to a six to an eight. Um, so take from that what you will, but it, um, yeah, it's a film <laughs> and it, it is very, it's, it's visually striking, that's for sure. Um, check it out, why not? Our short shot this week is Bad Hit. A government agent is forced by his agency to take an experimental performance-enhancing drug just prior to undertaking his latest mission. But there are some unexpected side effects. Um, this is a neat little short, guys. Um, Rich, do you know which country this is from? I think it was South Africa for some reason. It was indeed South Africa, yes. Yeah, so, um, this is re- really smart, uh, very well written. Um, actually got a bit of story to it, which is nice. You know, we, we see a lot of fight scenes um, in, in shorts. But, but this is quite nicely self-contained. Um, it's got a sense of humour to it, which I, I, I'd forgotten yeah. about when, when I when I watched yeah. it sort of a few weeks ago. I watched it again today, and I studied, yeah, this, this sort of nice little bits of sort of humour and timing going on, and some just you know nice long takes with the fight scenes. It's um, yeah, it's a gem, I think. Uh, Steve, over to you. Um, yeah, like I say, good decent calling card, I think, for the director and the is this what's, what's the name of the star? Is it Brom in October or something? Yes. Yeah. He's great choreography, great action. Um, like I say, decent actual story in there as well for once, rather than just a fight, you know, an extended fight scene. But yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Rich? Yeah, visually arresting, as I say. Like, as I, as I say but, you know, I love a film that's been carefully shot and, uh, you know, well caught, uh, 
great cinematography and lighting and stuff. So the, the location looks excellent. There's, um, like say the long takes and things, the concept is solid. You know, this is nine minutes and they pack a lot in. Uh, uh, there's the, uh, this is a uh, written and directed by a guy called David Wayne Smith. Who's, who's got, you know, quite a few other shorts around. He's actually got another action, um, coming up soon called black market brawl. There's a clip of that on the internet. So it shows that, you know, we can expect the same kind of action in that. Um, and so he's definitely one to watch the, um, the humor, like it's, it's not a funny film, but there's moments of humor, but so just add, add a little, you know, re, uh, I don't know, like a tension release kind of, you know, so, so just sort of mix it up a bit, it, but it works. It, it's nice. I like the, the fact that the title is a double has two meanings, uh, yeah. you know, cause he's a hitman, man, assume, but it's also, uh, related to the fact that he's, uh, being experimented on or he's, or he's, He's being a guinea pig, uh, let's say, for for something that's supposed to help him with his job. So yeah, the, the choreography is really good. Uh, o- um, o- October Bronwyn is uh, great as a lead. I've never seen him or heard of him before. So great calling card for everyone, really. I think absolutely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's um, uh, you know the character himself as well. One of the things I enjoyed about this is the fact that he's yeah he's not invincible. He's he's taking a lot of hits. You know, uh, there's a really good bit where he's on the floor and, and he's having to use his feet uh, to block punches and things. It, it, it just looks really, really good. And, and mm. so the, the end fight scene was, was really clever as well. I'd definitely say it's out of, you know, we've done a lot of episodes this year, which a lot of shorts. And I'd say this is definitely like top 10 material. Absolutely. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Actually, on that note, are we going to do a top 10? Are we going to do a... I think we need to do some. I do think we need to do some sort of reflecting, sort of awards kind of thing, and yeah. we will get to that in a in a in a quite an imminent episode, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, a lot of fun. Um, definitely check it out. It will be uh, a link in the footnotes. So please check it out. Check out some of the other videos that are on his uh, page as well. Uh, so that is bad hit. Check it out. <laughs> Our DTV throwback this week is Sci-Fighters. Uh, in Boston, 2009, haha, a police detective searches for Adrian Dunn, his ex-partner who murdered his wife. Dunn has escaped from prison on the moon and returned to Earth with an alien virus. Okay, first thing I want to say about this film is that it's incredibly darkly shot. It is probably yes. the most darkly shot film I've ever seen. I was watching this on a proper UHD TV and... You know, there were times I just couldn't see what was happening at all. Um, point of fact was this, uh, when, when Dunn is, uh, he, he gets into a fight with this sort of mutant guy um, in the prison. And then he does something. He cuts his arm with a sort of screwdriver or something uh, for some reason. Um, and then something happens which gives him the virus. I couldn't figure out what the fuck that was. Um, the next thing we know, he's sort of by, sort of by all uh, purposes dead um, and sort of body bagged and sent back to Earth to be um, sort of autopsied. But, I, you know, I couldn't tell whether or not he'd infected himself purposely or yeah. you know, it was just like yeah. um, something. He did. By accident. He did, right. Okay. Yeah. Well, there we are. <laughs> um, Rich, what did you make of Sci-Fighters? Had you seen this one before? I have. I, I haven't seen it since it came out. It, I remember the thing at the time being that, you know, uh, people taking the mick out of it, you know, it's, it's like, what a stupid title to give a movie. 
Ironically, it's not the only film that's been called sci-fi, it's because there's been another one since uh, with Donald right. Dragon Wilson. But uh, yeah, it was quite uh, at the time, it was quite novel. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't want to say too much at the moment because I want to hear what Steve has to say. Okay, let's fling it over to Steve. Yeah, I agree with Mike. It was far too dark. I couldn't see what was happening at all. I thought Rodney Piper was great. He, he absolutely nailed it. I've not seen many of his films, to be honest. Mm. But I remember watching him wrestling when I was a kid against Brett the Hitman Hart. Still one of the best fights ever. Um, I don't know. He was, he was okay, but it was very... There was, like I said, hardly any exposition. It just flew into it. And he was tiptoeing around with the, with the doctor about what was supposedly happening and how he was alive. And he didn't really get into anything apart from say it was a virus. But I thought some of the fight scenes were pretty good. The effects were all okay. But, well, what you could see. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it it's really is the, the darkest film I've seen for, for a long time. And I know it was supposedly... Um, like an ash cloud covering the earth, yeah. so it was supposed to be dark. But Christ, yeah. you know, let us see what's going on. You know what yeah. I mean? Thank you, co-pilot exposition person. Oh who, God, who, yeah. Who yeah. Screen <laughs> gave, gave this huge info <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah, I suppose he's going to pass the time somehow on the flight back to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the backstory is the fact that um, some volcano in, in Japan had exploded and covered the earth in, in dust, which is sort of hung in the, you know, caused perpetual night for like 90 days yeah. or something, although it was supposedly some, you know, starting to clear. But uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting thing, but yeah it, yeah, it didn't sort of justify what, you know. No, is it, it, was it just to save on lighting or Possibly. save money on the lighting or <laughs> Well, the, the funny thing is, in, in the film itself, the, you, you know, they... they, they in this particular world, they, they sort of made the distinction between sort of night and day, even though everything was just like dusk, you know, uh, yeah. by, by switching the lights off at a certain point, saying, right, it's nighttime now, or, you know, the lights have gone off. So, but yeah, it, even so, it's just sort of dark as shit. Yeah. So, if you ever imagined what Blade Runner would be like if it starred Roddy Piper, <laughs> this gives you an idea, but instead of Rutger being chased, which could have been a feasible, could have been feasible. Um, the director Peter Svatek did do a film with um, with Rutger Hauer, so it, and he was making these sort of films, so that would have been fun. But instead, we get Billy Drago, who I really like, uh, and he's as he's as Drago as you get in this one. Uh, you know, being all creepy and weird and stuff. I didn't have a problem with how dark it was. Uh, the it, normally I have a problem with that when I'm watching stuff on my TV and that, you know, the darkness gets really dark. So I can't actually see anything like VFW and whatever is things just become incomprehensible. But um, this one, I, I didn't have, uh, didn't have that issue. I, I, I could see everything. I just felt there was nothing to see. Uh, it was yeah. such a, it was such a slog. There's really not much happening. Yeah. So I I'd hoped in revisiting this, that there would be something that I'd missed at the time maybe, but it really isn't. Yeah, I, I don't. This isn't anything I'd recommend, except for the most diehard of Roddy Piper and Billy Drago. Even Roddy Piper's not in it as much as you would hope he is. So he doesn't turn up until ten minutes into the movie. He's constantly disappearing because uh, they're focusing on some of the other. A lot of stuff focusing on Billy Drago being weird and you know getting his victims. 
Um, it's basically Blade Runner crossed with Alien is where they've got all their ideas from. Uh, they've even got chest bursting scenes and stuff. Um, even funny little things that cl cling to the face, uh, whatever they're doing all that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's even got a weird ending because there's kind of a, uh, there's kind of a romantic demon, but it, they kind of leave it on a downer. Um, so the whole film is kind, kind of bleak and, you know, unremarkable. So yeah, I found it a real slog, unfortunately. What, what I liked about that ending, uh, and you're right, it's sort of, it is a weird ending where, where she's sort of flinging himself at him and, and he's sort of like turning her down. You know, she, she's got lots of him, but, you know, they both realise that she resembles his wife, his dead wife too, too much. You know, which is why he's not that particularly yeah. interested. It's like, you know, don't, don't really want to sort of reopen old wounds. Um, this is the twist late in the film, by the way, of revealing that he's the partner and that he killed his wife and all this sort of stuff. That's the twist in the story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's some, there, are, there are some sort of serious But I, I didn't mind the script too much for this. Um, there's, there's one exchange earlier when when um, Body Piper first meets um, the, 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 the scientist lady. Um, and he's asking her questions and he, she, she's been very pointedly sort of going, well, who are you? And he won't answer. And after like the third time she goes, right, I've had enough of this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. you know, I've had enough of you not, not answering my questions. Just, just fuck off. Which, which I thought was um, a nice little exchange. Um, well, go on. So, so, so one thing I did like was the fact that it's not Roddy Piper that actually kills him. Mm, yeah, yeah. In the end, it's, it's her. You know, she... You know, hands up for feminism or whatever. It's actually her who, who lands the fatal blow. You know, and I thought that was quite interesting, especially yeah. since when it was made. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, like you say, there's not much going on. This for a long period, it sort of it, it sort yeah. of becomes outbreak for a while, doesn't it? As well, you know. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. The oh, most interesting thing about the film at times is his jumper. Yeah. Oh, I love that! I love that jumper, mate. Yeah. I love one of them because <laughs> it reminded me of like early, the early series of Highlander uh, with Adrian Paul because he used to wear sort of jumpers like that, you know, um, as well. But there you go. All um, right. Yeah, yes. So uh, you know, it, it is a dark film, that's for sure. But I did enjoy it. Um, there's some nice exchanges, a nice characterization in this. Um, the, the guy playing the mentor of um, the science scientist lady, I thought he was actually really good. And, yeah, you know, and his, his dialogue was actually sort of on point. I did like the idea that you know the the concept that the um, this this virus um, that sort of Dunn has is this sort of like um, you know sort of world creator kind of thing. You know, a bit a bit like the terraformers in um, Aliens. You know, in in the Alien films, um, that sort of thing. You know, send this virus to a planet, everyone's gonna you know their metabolism gonna change, they're gonna start breathing or producing methane and um you know eventually it will terraform the planet for us and then we just sort of turn up i thought that that was um, an interesting idea for sure um, yeah they've got it's got that kind of quite a massy kind of um yeah. you know like like a species to use the same idea of you know uh, something coming from space and changing things on the earth yeah. for an invasion sort of purpose just one one quick question as well what rating was this 18 because I'm very surprised at that, really. Because I don't know, there's no language in it as such. Yeah. I don't think there's even a shit in it there, to be honest. Mm. Um, it's a bit rapey, though. 
It is slightly rape. It, is like no, rape it talks but. about rape, yeah. It certainly talks about rape, but it doesn't actually sort of show you anything. Um, yeah. Sort of um, yeah. It just, it, it, I was just wondering if it was like a edited for TV version or something like that, or if it no, was actually it, how it was, you know. It's it, it's as I remember it, and nothing. I don't think anything has changed. This isn't a, as far as I know. It's a, the same upload, same running time, and everything. The weird thing about the po- on Amazon, which is where we watched it, the, the poster that they've used, mm. the, the the picture of the villain in the background is Billy Drago's mate from the beginning who gets killed. It's it's not Billy Drago. It's a really weird thing to. Have, it's like they didn't even watch the film and they just chose. <laughs> Oh, we'll just put that guy in the back who looks a bit like Timothy Bottoms or whatever. It's just strange. Very strange indeed. Um, yeah. Any, any more for any more guys on this one? No, it's, uh, I, I would just say I'm I'm glad you guys got something out of it because I was just watching it thinking, oh man, I, I really wish I hadn't put this one forward. <laughs> no, I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, certainly more than, than some, some of the other ones we've, we've covered, I think. Uh, if, if you're a fan of, you know, Roddy Piper, uh, I, I, I enjoyed um, Jungle Land, which is one we, we covered a while ago. Jungle Land mm. or Jungle Ground? Jungle Ground. Yeah, Jungle mm. Ground. That was quite good. And, and uh, Steve, if you've not seen Hell Comes to Frogtown, you really need to see that. You know what? I'm just looking at it now on Prime, and I'm thinking, yeah. have I seen it when I was a kid? And I don't remember watching it. Yeah. Um, I remember it being a big thing at the time, but I don't think I ever actually watched it. So I, I, maybe that's a future yeah, throwback. Maybe. Yeah, I only yeah. watched it because um, when it, it came out on a Blu ray, and, and I got sent a Blu ray to, to review a while ago. Um, but um, you, the, the podcast, how, how Did This Get Made, um, did, did a great episode on that as well. So, so it's probably worth, worth watching it and then, then uh, listening to the podcast. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Okay, so that is um, our show for this week. Um, we'll put the links for Seized and Knuckle Dust and um, uh, Sci Fighters into the footnotes, and we'll put a link to uh, Bad Hit in there as well for you to check out. Um, so thank you to Steve and Rich for joining me this evening and uh, chatting about these lovely films. No problem. No problem whatsoever. That's awesome. So um, thank you for listening and tune in next time. Thank you for listening to the DTV Digest. Let us know your thoughts in the comments and tune in again next time.